Welcome to the Fearless Mom Tribe podcast. I'm your host, Mary Westcott, a mother, wife, and mom boss. This podcast is all about helping women to build a path to chase their dreams while becoming a greater version of themselves. Every Monday, join me as I will deliver a strong dose of inspirational topics from how to become a priority in your life to creating a strong bulletproof mindset for success. If you are a busy woman on the go who is in need of a simple pick-me-up, a dose of inspiration, or motivation, look no further. Come join me on the Fearless Mom Tribe podcast. Looking forward to meeting you soon, beauty. Hello, my fellow mamas. Welcome to another episode of the Fearless Mom Tribe podcast. I have an amazing guest. Her name is Irene McKenna. She is a parenting coach for parents who desire more calm, confidence, and connection in their parenting. She's passionate in the belief that as we understand ourselves better, we parent with more presence, peace, and possibility. When one can lead with their heart, there is the possibility for connection, and it is in that connection that behavior can change. She's the founder of Irene McKenna Coaching, the creator of the Heart-Led Parenting Academy, the Leading with Heart program, and soon-to-be released, Parenting by Design. She utilizes EFT, NLP, and human design in her work with clients. Irene believes in cultivating joy in her life daily, and you can usually find her curled up reading a personal development book, seriously, all the books, walking outside with her puppy, or playing games with her husband and kids. Hi, Irene. How are you? I'm amazing. Thank you for having me. Oh, yes. So just introduce yourself a little bit to the audience, who you are and what you do. Well, I think that bio summed it up pretty good, but (laughs) who I am is I am passionate about parenting and passionate about supporting parents really to fall in love with parenting again and understand it doesn't have to be the overwhelm and frustration. It is not the memo on selflessness that we many of us have been given. It is learning to take care of ourselves so that we can model that to our children. It is learning how to engage in empowered communication. It is just foundationally learning that as humans, we are meant to be connected beings and generational parenting was built on survival. So it didn't leave a lot for connection. And we carry those patterns into our current parenting whether, whether we want to or not, you know, we either tend to try to, uh, step into control, 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 which leads to a lot of frustration, or we're throwing our hands up and falling into chaos, which leads to a lot of overwhelm. And we think that there's these two ends of the spectrum where really there is this beautiful middle ground, empowered parenting or conscious parenting, or what I call heart-led parenting. Ooh, I love that. Yeah, because as a first time mom for me, you know, parenting is fun. But then as I am also a worker, you know, in the corporate world, it's so hard to balance that and try to make sure you have time for your child when you first wake up and make sure that you have a little bit more time when before you guys go to bed. It's so hard. And lately, it's been very challenging for me. And it's crazy. (laughs) And that was really what led me on this journey is so my boys are now nine and 10, uh, but they're 15 months apart. And when they were little, it was 
to, yeah, it was hard. It was challenging and nobody was happy. Like I was, my mantra at the time was like, I can't do this. I can't do this. So what do you think was happening every day? Like I couldn't do this. I was, you know, somebody was crying every, probably every hour. Uh, and what I remember specifically is one time where I like locked myself in my bedroom. My kids were probably almost two, three on the other side of the door crying for me. And I'm just like sobbing. Like, I just can't figure this out. And I knew something had to change. And it began a journey really of personal development. Personal development was not something that was modeled in my home growing up. I did not even know that this world existed, that you could change how you showed up in the world, that you could change your experience. I had no idea. So it began with learning to take better care of me. And that led me to health coaching. I became a certified health coach. I'm like, okay, this is amazing. And this is what I'm called to do. And it led me to working with moms. And then it led me to seeing like, okay, the one, the area I'm still really struggling in is parenting. And that I found conscious parenting, peaceful parenting. I just knew that that was where I was meant to be and learning as much as I can. And it still was, I think that it was hard. Like there's so much out there. It's like, okay, here's this new way to parent or here's how we connect with your child and then putting those tools into place chaotic and more and, and even harder. So one of my, I don't know, superpowers, if you call it, is breaking down big things into like tangible ways of applying it in your life. And so that's what I've been called to do is take this big idea of how do I parent in this way that I want to parent in a way that I, that I can actually apply it in my life and understand it. So that's kind of been my journey of finding me so that I could be the parent my kids needed me to be and the parent I wanted to be. And that's led me to creating the, it's been a journey and it's led me to this point, which is the heart-led parenting community and the leading with heart program. Also, I've been diving deep into understanding human design. And so I'm going to be coming out with a new program all about parenting by design, I call it. And that is really about having kind of a blueprint of understanding kind of who you're meant to be and who your child is meant to be. But all told, my passion is just supporting parents to fall in love with parenting again. That is amazing. I absolutely love that. Just like from what your standpoint about self-care, how you found that that is your calling. Like I believe as well as me for this podcast in helping moms get out of their comfort zone to do more things in their life, you know, not just be, you know, hiding behind the word mom. That's what I was called to do. And I believe, you know, with women that suffer from postpartum and because I did, and knowing how it can actually be a, not necessarily a good thing, but it's a, it, you can turn into a strength. And then that's how I was able to show up for them. But also that's how I showed up for my daughter, because I saw how many other moms were able to have more time to spend with their families. And that made me happy. And then mm-hmm. I was able to find ways to be with my family as well, you know, so it, it works very well each way. So yeah, tell us a little bit about your self-care routine. If you have one, how do you manage with two boys? How do you find, you know, those, those times uh, to yourself? Well, I think it's important first to kind of redefine self-care, like self-care is truly to me, it's the things I do daily that 
give me choice in how I show up. So in that context, there are layers to self-care. There is my basic self-care. And this is, am I feeding myself foods that nourish me versus send me on that sugar high and low? Is it, am I hydrating myself to minimize that angry mom coming out? Am I getting adequate sleep? Or if I, if my kids are little and I can't necessarily control the quantity, am I honoring the quality of my sleep? Am I moving my body every day in a way that supports me? And that's like my basic foundational stuff. Then above that, I have what's, what I call structural self-care. And that is, am I creating space to play and to rest and relax? Am I getting into nature? Am I practicing mindfulness techniques? Like the foundational stuff is, or I mean, the foundation is like, these are necessary to create any capacity for the other stuff. Self-care is not the commercialized version of self-care that we think we have to do. And when we make it into being these big things that we need, we always feel like we're failing. And so, you know, I see all of these memes out there, like self-care is not just, you know, taking a hot shower. Like that's a human need. Well, yes. And for some, like to me, taking that hot shower can be a self-care. So I think when we stop trying to define it for everybody else and we say, okay, what are your basic needs that allow you to create the capacity to choose how you show up and raise your vibrations, so to speak. And then what are the, what structures do you put in place that maintain that level? Right. And so self-care to me falls under like right? Self-love. Like it's how I'm loving myself. So it's not just the stuff that I do, but it's the voice that I talk to myself with. Am I always criticizing and judging myself? Am I, am I showing myself compassion and self-forgiveness for when I don't maybe show up how I would want to? Because the fact of the matter is when we have been led to believe that nothing is ever good enough, we will strive for perfection and external validation in an attempt to achieve that. And this is where becoming aware and cultivating that self-awareness. So that leads me into what is self-awareness, right? This kind of this big umbrella thing that that to know what I need for self-care, I have to have a level of self-awareness. So what even is self-awareness? So I break self-awareness down into four pillars, so to speak. And so one of them is self-love, which is self-care and the voice in my head, right? So that's, that's one of the pillars. The second pillar is self-regulation. And that is, have I learned how to feel safe in my body again? Have I learned how to calm my nervous system? Do I even understand what that means? Or am I living in reactivity? We have built up strategies and responses to the experiences that we had in childhood that are showing up in the present moment. And we don't even realize how they are affecting our everyday. So it's getting in touch with ourselves again, learning to regulate our nervous system. And then the next pillar is self-discovery. Are we aware of our beliefs, our perceptions, our judgments, our mindset of how we're experiencing the world so that we can create choice in that? Then the fourth pillar is self-worth. Are we setting boundaries? Are we, do we feel worthy of having boundaries? Because we're not going to honor our self-care if we struggle to hold boundaries. So it's those four pillars and it's engaging in each of those pillars that allow us the capacity to have self-awareness, that allow us the space to show up in the world and as a mom and the way that we are choosing versus defaulting to. 
Right. Oh my goodness. That is so much amazing information. Like literally I was just wishing I was taking notes. I was like, okay, I didn't even realize like there's so much to self-care and you are right. You know, you have to redefine self-care because like you said, when we think that it's this some type of commercial type of thing and you have to do these big things to get these big impacts, you're going to feel like you're failing and you have to try to find that validation and then that perfectionism comes in. And I will say I am that type of person. And I was like, because I try to do, you know, waking up like at seven o'clock in the morning, trying to make sure I drink a gallon of water every day, try to work out and meditate and then read a book and then write, you know, which is all all amazing. And what are you saying to yourself when those things don't happen? Like that's because we are like those things deposit in like our well-being account, right? So we have this like well-being account and we deposit into our well-being account. However, that well-being account has a leak in it when we then are judging ourselves for what we didn't do. So it takes away any of the good that we managed to do and we just funnel it out the other side, right? It's kind of like having, having a bank account and you're depositing money in, but you forget about all these like these fees and stuff that, that come out without your awareness. Yep. And without that awareness, you're just, you're not setting yourself up and don't get me wrong. That massage or that pedicure is amazing. Right. Enjoy it because you're giving yourself the gift of that time. If that's available to you, don't treat it as, because 10 to one, if we're treating it as something that we're trying to fill this need, Mm-hmm. we're going to be laying on that massage table thinking about that to-do list. It's not going to do anything for us because if I'm not doing those foundational things, my body is living in a state of trying to survive, which means I am not able to access that calm. I am not able to access that logic, that reason, that compassion, that empathy, right. both for myself and for my child. And that is so important because just like you said, like with me, every time I don't meet it, I am part of a habits program. I just started on Monday and we have a little actual spreadsheet that we uh, keep track of our points and stuff. I did not do no days. I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And then I wake up and I'm like, but do I really have to get up right now? I am so comfortable right now. And then, and then after not doing it, then I beat myself up all day. And then I tried to do it again. So that is a strategy or response. So procrastination, if we want to call it that, is a a strategy your brain has to feeling safe. Because here's the thing. Accountability is awesome. But when we set ourselves up that I'm going to do this, 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 and this, I'm going to change all of these things, your brain is like, whoa, back, shut the front door, back the out, you know, up. Because this is not, this is too much. This is too much because the way your brain works without awareness is primarily it wants you to survive. And two, it wants you to keep, stay safe. Now it, it basically takes everything you've done up until this point as we've survived. We've survived by staying in bed that extra hour. I don't know if we're going to survive if we get up at seven and do all of these things. That could be dangerous to the brain. It's like death. So the key around that is you have to, and then what we do is, right, you said, you've laid the cycle exactly. Then I fall into that judgment and then it just keeps the cycle going. The way we step out of that is we, we begin by creating habits that are five to 10 minutes. 
we have to basically bypass that part of our brain that gets activated by whoa too much and insert like a five minute pocket. So it may be like, well, you know, what is this five minute meditation doing? Oh, well you do it for two weeks. Your brain's like, okay, all right, I've got this. And then you add five minutes to it. It bypasses that part of your brain that likes everything out there. So it's survival, safety, then energy conservation, which means it's going to use habits that it already knows. And the fourth one is seeking pleasure. And in that moment, that warm bed was much more pleasurable to you than getting out and starting whatever habit that you had planned, especially when that habit feels like I have to get up and do what? What did I sign up for here? What, what am I doing? Oh my goodness. That is so, it's like, you're just talking to me. Oh my goodness. Uh, but yeah, that is so true. And I appreciate like literally all this great information because I'm going to actually start implementing that because I, it just reminded me of a guest that I just talked to um, that her episode will be coming out next week. And she talks about just doing things for five minutes. And she even told me that she's like, what I do, I just find three things, just three. That's the most I will do for five minutes. It's for my mind, body, and soul, whatever it is. I do that every day. And I was like, Oh, that makes sense. And then when you talked about how your mind, you know, gets overwhelmed from all the things that you have done. I remember my mindset coach, shout out to Stacy. I love her so much. She even told me, she was like, yeah, your brain's overwhelmed right now because you think that you can do all these things. You, you need to dimmy down to at least one to three things only. And then see how that works and flows with that for a while. And I was like, okay. So today I, I'm more energetic and more motivated today. So I know that I was like, okay, we need to sit down. What does my body need? What does my mind need right now? Let's Think of not- it as like she said, those three activating actions that if you do this first thing, you are setting yourself up for success that day. And then you build on those things. The key is what we want to do is we want to create change so quickly as uh, Tony Robbins says, and I'm paraphrasing, but we significantly overestimate what we can get done. He says in a year, but I'm going to say we significantly overestimate what we can get done in a day and underestimate what we can get done in a month or three months or six months by doing the consistent things. As I share with clients, we don't choose the ultimate outcome. We choose the choices that we make in each moment that take us towards or away from the outcome that we desire. But if we're trying to basically leapfrog from where we are to the outcome we desire, it's too much change. And that's where your brain cannot, it can't process what's going on. And it throws you all of these very logical, very rational excuses Right. They all, they all sound, yeah, of course. I don't have to get up. Like, this is just something I, I can start it next week. I can, you know what? I got to bed late last night or my daughter woke me up in the middle of the night. Like, I deserve this sleep. True, 100% true. Your, your brain isn't giving you lies. It's not supporting you to move towards the outcome that you want. It wants right. to keep you stuck. So it's three zones. Like we have our zone of comfort, right? And that's where we are right now, that warm bed. Then we have our zone of trust. And that's those, three actions, five minutes that we do, right? That's our zone of trust. Then outside of that is the BS zone. You knew full well when you made that 10 list thing of habits you were going to change, that was no way that was actually happening. It was kind of like throwing spaghetti at the wall. This is what I'm supposed to do. And so when we can stay in that zone of trust, then we can create change. 
Ah, I will most definitely, definitely keep that in mind. Oh my goodness. I want to thank you for all of that. I got a lot of value. I hope my audience got a lot of value because I'm going to tell them you need a, a pen and a notebook for this episode because this is so, so amazing. But yeah, um, so what's your self-care, you know, um, from your routine and everything? How did you implement? You did that? ask me that. Yes. How mine. Absolutely. So it's an evolution. Like it's always kind of shifting and changing, but I know that when my frustration is ramping up and my patient is, patience is running low, it's checking in with me because my kid's behavior will ramp up based on the stress I feel in my body. So I'm checking in with that. So mine loosely is, uh, I walk my dog out, you know, outside twice a day and my morning walk has become a morning meditation. Like I was trying to get up before that and do a meditation. It just wasn't happening. So I found this app that has like walking meditations. And now I'm basically power walking. I'm getting a workout in, I'm moving my body, I'm out in nature and I'm listening to a meditation. So it's like, I'm, you know, supersizing that. So that is huge. That sets me up for, for the day, starting my day with a glass of water, 10 to 16 ounces, starting the day with that, really paying attention to the foods that I eat, because I know certain foods really zap me. And so that's a part of my self-care routine. I'm working on uh, building back in an actual exercise routine uh, that was, I was doing it. And then the family got sick for a bit and you get off track. And, and again, it's learning not to, not to beat myself up about that, but to honor it. So for me, and then I like to finish the day with some stretching before bed. I was journaling and I just actually, during my meditation last night, I had a little intuitive hit that was like, you need to start journaling again. So I'm going to pick up that journal again, but it's ending my day with either a guided meditation or just some breath work, just to check in with both kind of celebrating what went well, reflecting on, okay, this is an area that I want to kind of work on. It's how do I want to engage with purpose the following day? What is the intention I want to set? You know, what came up for me today? It's just kind of a, a check-in, you know, change happens in reflection. So if we are in a state of frustration and impatience, it's a sign that something, some need isn't being met. And so it's checking in, but those are my foundational ones. It's the water, it's the food, it's the moving my body and it's the sleep. It's pretty much the four foundational ones that I make sure that I'm doing. And then above that, you know, we try to have a family game night, maybe once a week. So we, you know, could laugh together. My kids, we have this thing where we do, what was your rose today? Uh, and what was your thorn? And then we, we add to it, depending on the mood that we're in, it might be like, what's your you know, bumblebee, which is something you're nervous about. What is your, you know, uh, rosebud, which is something you're looking forward to. So we kind of play with it, but it just helps us all to kind of check in. And it's really doing the tools to regulate my nervous system throughout the day. I love that. Wow. Yeah. I need to start building on to mine because I want mine to be, to sound like that, where there's like more, but it's have, simple things. I mean, it's, we have to eat anyway. So why not eat in ways that give us, give us energy versus sending, sending us on a sugar roller coaster. We have to, you know, drink anyway. So why not drink things that are actually nourishing our body to calm that inner rage monster that likes to come out. We have to give ourselves 
time during the day, often I hear from parents, right? Like I finally get the kids to bed. It's me time. And what do we end up doing? We end up numbing out by like scrolling social media for hours till it's 11 o'clock. And then we're tired the next day. And what I challenge people is, you know, go to bed, start with 30 minutes, go to bed 30 minutes earlier and build on that because then you don't need to numb out at the end of the day. Like I really go to bed at the same time as my kids. I get in bed at the same time as my kids. And then I might read for a bit. I might like listen to, you know, meditation, but for the longest time, I needed that time at the end of the day. And, and there's days where it shows up that I still do. And if that's the case, I'm like, okay, where was I not meeting my meeting myself? And chances are, you know, maybe we had like pizza for dinner that night. And I know dairy and gluten make me irritable. (laughs) So it's kind of checking in and be like, okay, it's not actually that I need to like numb out. It's like, this is what's going on. And it's that constant reflection. That's probably the biggest part of my self-care routine. I agree on that, especially with that reflection part, because what I plan on doing like every end of the week, I like to reflect off of how the week went for me. Was it good? What did I need to improve? What was bad, you know? And then how can I show up next week better than what I was last week? And then I do a whole mm-hmm. month reflection at the end of the month and I do the same thing. Powerful. Oh, yes. So powerful. Yeah. Oh, thank you. So what is one big piece of advice you want to leave with the audience? Be okay where you're at. And choose one, like the smallest thing that can move you in the direction you want to go. Just, you know, as the quote says, you know, small hinges swing big doors. And it's about being okay with wherever you're at without judgment. If, and if you need, if you need support, if you need new, new knowledge or new tools, it's reaching out for those things, but it's, it starts with just allowing yourself to be where you're at. I think the biggest act of self-love is uh, accepting yourself for where you are at and forgiving yourself for who you don't yet know how to be. Oh my gosh, that is so powerful. It's like you're literally speaking to me <laughs> because right now I'm, su- I'm, I'm literally suffering from that because I'm like, I'm thinking of how I can be and where I want to be right now. And I'm focusing so more on that instead of being where I'm at. And then when I focus on, you know, the future me, I start to really disrespect the present me. And Mm -hmm. that's how you actually fall through the cracks and you start get overwhelmed. You start to procrastinate. You start to feel, you know, depressed about things. And that's how you won't get to your future self because you don't respect Mm -hmm. your present self. I love that. Thank you so, so much for ending that with wonderful, wonderful piece of advice. And before we go, can you let the audience know how they can actually get a hold of you? Yeah, the best place is on my website, irenemckennacoaching.com. When you're there, there's a link to what I offer, how I work with people. There's also a link to my free community that you can join that's off social media, if that's important to you. Uh, And as well, I'm also on Instagram. Uh, I'm just getting back into being active on there, but you can find me there at, uh, at heart underscore led underscore parenting. Nice. Everyone, I will actually put that all in the show notes so you guys have access to that. And Irene, I want to thank you so, so much for coming on and spreading so much value today for our mamas because we need it, especially with how the pandemic going and especially with winter right now, it's bloomy. So uh, hopefully you guys got some amazing value and we will talk to you guys soon. Bye. Okay. 
This episode was so amazing. Wouldn't you agree? Want to hear more episodes like this? All you have to do is subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform so you would never miss out on a guest episode just like this one. If you found value or inspiration today, don't forget to leave a rating on iTunes and or feedback in the comment section. Looking forward to talking to you soon, beauty.